He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Yeah, I've really got nothing to say. Can we just cancel the show? I am off on Friday, which means this is the penultimate Crowley show before I am not here for over a week. So to say that I'm mailing it in, I think would be an understatement. You found the Crowley show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Because I have mailed it in, we will only talk about things that I want to talk about today. Which means we're not talking about Pirates baseball. We will talk about hockey and we'll talk about college football today at 540. We've got Phil Steele from Phil Steele Magazine and PhilSteele.com. He, of course, is a contributor to ESPN. we got Jason Mackey coming up at 420 and at 5 o'clock talk a little bit about the AFC and how many contenders there are. We've got Matt Williamson from WilliamsonFootball.com. He, of course, is also a member of the Steelers Radio Network and Steelers Nation Radio. Right now, though, is a great time to be a hockey fan. You know what? That's not true. Let me boil this down. Not a great time to be a hockey fan. Okay time to be an NHL fan. Awful time to be a Blue Jackets fan. Great time to be a Penguin fan. You are so damn lucky to root for the team that you root for. Do you know that? That's pouring down rain outside. Don't worry about that. It's okay. You are so lucky to be Penguins fans. Not because they win as much as they do. Obviously, that's part of it. But this time of the year is excellent for a team and their fans that has ownership that cares. Panarin might have to be traded. He's not going to get the contract extension from the Blue Jackets because he does not want to be a part of the negotiations there. Ottawa got rid of Hoffman. They're going to get rid of Carlson. Tavares might wind up with the Islanders, but who knows for sure. And I'm hearing that he's probably going to bounce. Carolina's going to blow it up. Pittsburgh is a destination. It's modern hockey royalty. It is the pinnacle in the National Hockey League. Crosby and Malkin are paid less than market value. They should be max contract players. They're not. And that saves the Penguins $6 million or so dollars every year. That's almost Kessel's salary. It's a huge chunk of Latang's. It's more than Broussard makes. Pittsburgh is a destination. Sure, Phil's had enough of Mike Sullivan. But the Penguins will fill his slot if he gets moved. Beeling an Islanders fan would suck. That would blow. Being a Rangers fan would stink. They missed their window. Columbus has never won more than two games in a playoff series in their franchise history. Tampa is always a win away from the Cup. The Panthers are always a win or two away from making the playoffs. The Leafs haven't won since 1967. Montreal is being run so amateurly that you'd think they were Ottawa. I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. But a close second is this time period. This week. Free agency. They're awesome. Because the Penguins are connected to everyone. It's as close as the sports world gets to tabloid rumors. This guy's going here. That guy's going here. This team's connected to this team. This team's hearing offers on this guy. Who's going to move there? Who's going to move there? What's going to happen here? 
Think about all the great players since the Ray Shero era that have been connected to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Whether or not they came here doesn't so much matter, but think about all the players that have been connected to the Penguins, and many a few did come here. Parise, Suter, both rumored to come to the Penguins. I remember being at a breakfast place uh, just down the street, refreshing Twitter, left and right, as I ate my breakfast burrito on 4th of July, whenever it seemed like Parise and Suter were going to come to Pittsburgh. Remember Yager Watch? It was the same summer that Max Talbot wound up becoming a Philadelphia Flyer. Both those jabronis. Think about Marion Hosa. He wound up going to Chicago for, I think, 100000 less dollars than he would have taken here in Pittsburgh. Multi-year deal. Would have been a year deal here in Pittsburgh. But they were connected to the guy. Phil Kessel. Patrick Hornquist. The list goes on and on and on. Whether or not the Penguins get these guys does not matter. You're only going to be able to get so many. It's a bitch of a market. So many teams are going to throw money out there that they absolutely should not throw out there. But the Penguins are connected to everyone, which makes it fun to be a fan. Speculation is awesome. I don't think that there's anything better as a sports fan than having hope. Now, hope can kill you. I hope that West Virginia football can win the national championship this year. All that's going to lead me to is disappointment, just like it did in 2007. But hope is large. Pirates fans, they never have hope. So they're always pissed off. Steelers fans have hope. That's why they're as rabid as they are. Penguins fans always have hope. And why? Because the ownership group and the general manager always go for it. Ray Shero did. Jim Rutherford has. Jim Rutherford will again. But not even just overall in terms of the National Hockey League should you be happy that you're a Penguins fan. But just think about the other two teams in this city that are professional sports teams. The Penguins make the offseason more fun than either of those squads. They do. This is far more entertaining than the hot stove in Major League Baseball. This is far more entertaining than whatever the Steelers are going to cook up in their free agency. Steelers aren't going to go out there and make a splash. They do from time to time. But who was their biggest splash they made recently? Morgan Burnett. Good player. Before that, it was Mike Mitchell. Farrier, eh, pretty good. Wasn't sexy at the time. It's not like the Steelers are going out there and signing Albert Hainsworth. Now, again, that's good. In the National Football League, Kevin Colbert has proven that you can go out there, draft players, and it's going to be a blast. If you draft players, develop players well, you've got a good enough coaching staff and a good enough quarterback, you can win with those players. You don't have to go out there and break the bank. In Major League Baseball, you probably should, from time to time, dip your toes in the free agency water. Pirates don't. Steelers really don't. They will supplement their roster. They'll go out there and get a D'Angelo Williams from time to time, a piece that they need. Tyson Alulu wasn't sexy last year, but he helped the team. Vance McDonald was a player who helped the team. But are they ever going to go out there and break the bank? No, they're not. Which is why the... NHL free agency, which is why the NHL trade period, which really has started this week and leads up to the trade, or pardon me, the NHL draft on Friday, has become as awesome as it is in this town. Is John Tavares going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin? Absolutely not. 
Will they meet with him? Eh, there's a pretty good shot that they will. I didn't think there was a chance in hell that Derek Broussard would be a Pittsburgh Penguin. And they got him. I really didn't think they had a shot to bring in Phil Kessel. And you know what they did? They brought him in. I really did not think when I went to bed, and this was at the trade deadline, that they were going to bring in Jerome McGinley, and they did. When I went to sleep that night, he was going to Boston, a team that was really damn good, and they were only going to further their grip on the Eastern Conference. And when I woke up the next morning, guess what? Jerome McGinley's a penguin. Didn't work out, but it makes things sexy. It makes things fun. One of the great things about the Penguins is that they operate differently than the other two sports franchises in this town. The economics of hockey make that easier. The salary cap's going to be $80 million this year. You want to call the Pirates cheap? Fine, they are cheap, but they're going to be spending more than the Penguins will this year. You want to say the Steelers are frugal and the Steelers shop in the bargain basement and the Steelers always build the team through the draft? That's fine, you can say that, but salary cap's more than double what it is in the National Hockey League. So the economics of hockey make it possible, but the fact that Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle are always willing to spend the cap, and the fact that Jim Rutherford and Ray Shiro before him are always willing to make that splash makes this time period awesome. Which is why, even though I don't believe Tavares is going to come here and I don't want to breathe life into those rumors, I also think you should not dismiss them out of hand. Can they fit Michael Grabner in? No. I would not dismiss it out of hand, though. John Carlson, can they fit him in? No. What if they trade Chris Letang? A lot of the things I'm saying probably have no basis in fact of happening, but the great thing about this time period is you can imagine, you could dream, Penguins fans, for a little bit of time. It's almost as if you are in franchise mode in NHL 2019. And you can just dream of all the great things that Jim Rutherford and the Penguins staff could put together. Now, the reality is they're probably going to get a third-pair defenseman and a couple of depth players to plug in in the third and fourth lines. But just having them connected to all these players makes this so much fun for me. And you know what? Think about the way the Penguins operated in the X generation. And just to be connected to these guys should make you happy. You should realize how lucky you are. Not just because they win but because the franchise is always going all in to win. Sometimes it doesn't work out, didn't it, in 2013? They got swept by Boston in the Eastern Conference Final. It was an absolute disaster. Sometimes it does not happen the way you want it to. But my God, at least they're in the conversation. At least they're connected to every freaking one. Makes it fun. Gives you hope. Let's you dream. And it makes me scroll through Twitter like a madman. Jason Mackey going to be joining us in nine minutes here on the Crowley Show. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. You see, Stephen Brault sang the national anthem last night for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Is this the MLB's way of trying to get people to sit in the seats at their ballgames? Well, you all know in the National Football League, people aren't going because the national anthem is being knelt down at... That's Pittsburghese right there, being knelt down at. I joke, of course. I kid. Brault did a good job. Coming up at 440, Tom and I see if we can do a better job. Maybe we'll have Harry Carey sing as well. I wonder if Stat Pat's around. Maybe he could sing. It's been a long time since we heard from Pat. Locked up in the dungeon.
And it's raining, too. It's probably leaking down there. I could probably barely breathe. Yeah, we should probably bring him up here. Yeah, honestly. get him up here. It, it might flood. Yeah, just for air, really. Need to get him up here. I also wanted to ask this question. We got Matt Williamson coming up at 5, as I mentioned. Former Steeler Charles Woodson. is Rod Woodson. Too many Woodsons. Woodsons all look alike. He said that he hasn't seen the Steelers have a playmaker on defense since Troy Polamalu. I think Cam Hayward's a playmaker. I think he was looking at this from a defensive back standpoint. But let's play along. We'll put Cam Hayward to the side because I do think he's a impact player. What defensive player do you want to see break out for the Steelers this year if only one guy can break out? Yes, classic, cliched sports radio question, but as I mentioned, I mailed it in for the week. I've got four options here. I'll put it up on Twitter, too. Sean Davis, Artie Burns, Stefan Tewitt, TJ Watt. I think there's only one choice. Only one guy that makes sense for me. It's not the 3-4 defensive lineman. It's not Sean Davis playing center field. Thought already burns at the cornerback position. You can get by with average in the secondary if you get pressure on the quarterback, which is why, for me, the answer is T.J. Watt. Yeah. The answer is the outside linebacker who can put the quarterback on the ground, and they haven't had a good outside linebacker who could do that since 2012. James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, they were legit the best player that they have had at that position in terms of getting after the quarterback since then is Jason Worlds. No. No, it's true. That's bad. If the Steelers want to have a defense that can help the offense win the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying it has to be a Super Bowl caliber defense, but a defense that can help the offense win the Super Bowl, they need to get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, they set a franchise record for sacks last year, but most of the sacks came in three games. Two of them against the Browns, and then against the Houston Texans. Two of the worst teams in football in terms of giving up sacks. They got a bunch of them against them. The sack numbers were misleading. You saw Mike Hilton have a bunch. You saw Vince Williams have a bunch. As much as I think that We can see creativity from Keith Butler's defense. I also don't think that's the recipe for success in today's NFL, bringing a bunch of sons of guns. I think you have to have a consistent pass rush to win. And that means, to me, bringing four guys, one of them being an outside linebacker, or bringing five guys and both of them being outside linebackers. I think that's the way you have to win in today's game. Ideally, you do it with four, but we'll see. So for me, if I could pick one player to break out defensively, it's T.J. Watt. Coming up next, though, we turn our attention back to the National Hockey League. I think that this is the best time of the year outside of the Stanley Cup playoffs because the rumors are swirling, and the Penguins are in on everybody, it sounds like, even without the salary cap space. They might move guys out. We'll talk to Jason Mackey about all that coming up next. You're listening to The Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. 
This is Mick Fleetwood. iHeartRadio invites you to see Fleetwood Mac live. Going out on the road, what I always look forward to the most is getting into the full music mode and communicating with other players on stage. That's what I really, really love. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Get tickets for Fleetwood Mac's North American tour now through Ticketmaster. And see the band perform at our 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival, September 21st. Which player in the National Hockey League sounds the most like a Harry Potter spell? This time of the year is second only to the Stanley Cup playoffs in terms of popularity for hockey fans and I think especially for Penguins fans because their team is always in on stuff. Ray Shero always was and now Jim Rutherford always is joining us now to discuss. He is from the Pittsburgh Post because that Jason Mackey. Mac Daddy, how are you today? Doing great, Mr. Crowley. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to hear from you. Do you get more clicks on your stories now or during the postseason oh buddy that's uh it depends on what level of the postseason i mean once you get to the stanley cup obviously that's going to supersede all but it is funny that you you basically sneeze into a keyboard and people are going to read it at this point <laughs> but i mean the, the, i i laugh at that but it should never dictate how we do our job and it doesn't i mean uh, you know i don't care who who we're talking about here, the Post-Gazette, the Trib, DK, the Athletic, doesn't matter. I mean, they're all professional outlets, and nobody is doing anything for clickbait. I do I do hate that idea. I mean, we're all sniffing around the same stuff, talking to a lot of the same people, and, you know, sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't, sometimes the other guy gets it, but we're not. None of us are doing things thinking, oh, my God, I just hope they click on that. And that's That's not it. No, and that's a really good distinction to, to make. That's not what I meant, but I, I do think that uh, it is. That's all right. I had to get on my soapbox. For no, a no, I no, I understand, and and I think that that's a. I think that's a really good point by you. Uh, it sounds like, uh, according to Mister Joshua or uh, Mister uh, Jason Mackey, Joshua Mackey, Jason Mackey. What did, I, what did I call you the first time I had you on the show? I called you something weird. I thought you called me Josh. To be honest, it might have been I Josh. I've gotten a lot of my life Kevin. I have no idea why. Josh was a new one. Mm, Josh. It might have been James. Regardless, you're my friend. Oh, yeah. ooh, I think it was James, actually. Yeah. Yeah, all you James names. They sound yeah, nice like. work. Yeah. Uh, Jason Mackey joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jack Johnson, you expect to uh, get a look from the Penguins, huh? I do. I do. And that was something. You know, a lot of this stuff, too, like, you hear things and people come to you with things. Like, I, I didn't even seek out the Jack Johnson thing. And, you know, somebody brought it to me and, and you sort of go through your channels of, hey, is this BS or is this legitimate? And then, you know, you know enough people to figure out which way the wind's blowing. And um, so, yeah, I expect them to take a look at it. Do I expect the Penguins to be able to sign Jack Johnson or want to sign Jack Johnson? I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm not so sure it's the best fit they could find. Um, I think he's going to be looking to make a decent buck 
because of some stuff personally with him and also his age and, and whatever. And I think there might be some teams willing to pay him. It's just the Penguins aren't really in a situation to do that. Um, now, if the Penguins are able to unload a contract or two, as I wrote, and um, you know, get enough money to get close, I think Johnson would take less to play here. I think the idea of playing with Crosby on a cup-contending team is very much um, something he wants to do. I just I question whether the Penguins, and given their cap situation and lack of flexibility, will ever even be able to get in the same ballpark as what he might get elsewhere. Jason Mackey joining us here on the Crowley Show. Do you think that the blue line is the priority, or do you think getting a little bit deeper, perhaps on uh, left wing, is the priority for the Penguins? Yeah, I, Jim Rutherford keeps using the word balance, um, and I keep taking that to mean they would like to shore up sort of some of the, the depth positions. I mean, look, Chris Letang isn't getting traded. They don't need to trade Brian Dumoulin. You have Justin Schultz, who's a great second-pairing guy, and I have no problem playing only Monic significant minutes. What we're talking about here defensively is five and six. And then the same thing with the forwards, really, if you go down the list, and Crosby, Gensel, Hornquist, Malk, and Kessler, I and mean, there's five or six right there, top six, throw in Hagelin and Rust. I mean, we're talking about the depth spots. Here, so uh, you know, a depth D is somebody I, I'm convinced and and know because Rutherford said it that they're going to add. Uh, do they add a forward? I think it would have to be really the right deal. I don't think that's something they're as intent doing as adding on defense. Um, I think forward, they think they can bring up Zach Aston Reese, commit to him. You know, maybe Dominic Simone gets better. Obviously, we know about Daniel Sprong and Rutherford wanting him to be in the lineup. I don't think that's as big of a concern about adding somebody to the forward group. Uh, it's interesting, and Jason Mackey again joining us here on the Crowley Show. The first segment, I said that this is a great time of the year for Penguins fans because whether or not the Penguins are going to get all these players that are rumored to be going to the Penguins, at least they're rumored to be in on conversations. I think the Tavares stuff's a little bit ridiculous, but that being said, at least they get to read about and dream about for maybe a minute Tavares coming to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Does that make things more difficult on you, though, uh, as a beat writer, that I'm sure that you're having to chase a hundred different things because Jim Rutherford's probably checking in on everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it makes our job a little bit harder. And I don't, I, mean, I don't mean that. I don't mean that to sound as though it's a pain, though. You know what I mean? Right. No, no. And I'm trying to try, draw that distinction too. I love my job. I'll never sit here and publicly complain about my job and and whatever. I mean, it's awesome. But does that require more work for me? Yes. I mean, Jim is a, but it's different too because there's a lot of GMs that just aren't accessible. You know, they live in, in a different world than you. And like, if you would text them about something, you know, something you hear, for instance, uh, it's not uncommon for me to text Rutherford and say, you know, yay or nay, and he returns your text. I mean, there are times where Jim can't say anything. There are times where Jim doesn't want to say anything. But he's very communicative with those of us who cover his team. He insists on that. And so, yeah, I mean, they're active. He checks on a lot of things. They do their due diligence. Um, you know, they know how to improve their team, and they're going to spend every dollar they can. But your trade-off for that is getting a general manager and, and staff, too. I mean, I should say it that way, that um, they're very cooperative. They're not going to spill state, state secrets or something like that, but they understand the role of the media, and that much is very, really, really appreciated by all of us. You talked about how much he makes moves on draft day and in the immediate aftermath uh, today and what you wrote. So if you had to handicap it, if you had to set a percentage of 
whether or not a deal gets done on Friday or in day two of the draft, what would you set that percentage as? I mean, if you're going to give me either day as a window and not make me narrow it down to one or the other, I mean, I think it's, you know, we're probably somewhere between 75 and 100 <laughs> that Jim does something. I'm yeah. serious. I'm serious. I mean, I think at this point the only reason Jim hasn't done anything and, and maybe the only hang-up in those two days could be the offer that he's fielding for those players he's peddling. Um, you know, Jim's going to go to the draft and um, trying to unload Matt Hunt with Connor Sherry, um, see what he can get for Carl Hagelin. You know, we, we know the list. I'm sure you talk about the list quite a bit. And it's just, you know, I think the only impediment here is if he gets a bunch of crap offers for guys, then he's going to keep them. But, I mean, Jim is open for business. Outside of Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Murray, um, he's very much looking to uh, tweak some things, make his team better, and doesn't feel any sort of like, oh, my God, I have to keep this thing together sort of loyalty. He's, he's looking to do a few things, and when Jim does that, they generally get done. I'd imagine if Phil Kessel's moved, then the free agent market opens up a little bit for the Penguins. But if he's not, uh, or they don't move any other significant salaries off the books, it, it seems like more things are going to get done via trade than in free agency. Yeah, and it, it has to. I mean, there's just no cap space. I talked to Jim about that yesterday, and, and you know the cap went up a, a pretty decent amount pretty much what the Penguins were expecting, but they also have a lot of RFAs that they need to re-sign, and they're NHL-level guys who are going to take up a good amount of that money. Um, so you know the cap going up doesn't really give the Penguins a free $5 million. That's not how it's going to work. Um, but, yeah, Adam, to your point, it, the only way they're going to free themselves up to do anything in free agency or a trade or whatever they have to send dollars out, and I think that's going to be easier said than done on a lot of guys. And you know, I, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh love Phil Kessel, and understandably so. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but you know, he's he's into his 30s. He is somewhat limited in terms of an all-around or all-around contributions. Um, you know, I don't want to say baggage, but he certainly comes with um, a little bit extra that you want to look at in terms of how he fits into your team structure. And so, and for that reason, and, and the fact that Jim doesn't really feel like he has to trade him, I just don't think that that sort of move is terribly likely. And I think you're probably, again, looking at a Connor Sherry or Matt Hunwick as a, a more logical trade candidate. Jason Mackey, Post-Gazette, joining us here on the Crowley Show. I asked this question on the show yesterday. I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Jason. Uh, I do think that it was subconscious, but I think the Penguins were lacking the motivation that, say, the Washington Capitals had this year. And I wonder if, A, you agree with that, and then the second part would be, if they were lacking that to an extent, is the solution just adding a little bit of new blood, or is the solution just simply not having won the Cup last year and now being motivated to win it again? Yeah, I mean, for the first part of that, Adam, I do agree with you. I think that was... um you know, they won the first one. That speaks for itself. The second one, there was so much, so, so much talk of no teams going back to back in the salary cap era. Detroit this, Detroit that, and then for the third year, it was almost like, you know, would they come up with like three leaves or something? Like it just it, it wasn't as much of a thing, um, you know. And it was it was so much of a different group. There was so much turnover, losing veteran guys, or whatever. Um, yeah, I think there's a couple things you know, with them still being in it. I mean, one, they're still a very good team. Two, I think, you know, they're pissed. <laughs> I can't yeah. think of a more complicated way of saying it, but, like, how are you not pissed? 
you know, you go back to back, you're a really good team, and you get bounced by your arch nemesis who can never beat you in the playoffs, and they do it in the second round. I mean, I, I'd be pretty pissed if I was a player there. And so I think there's a little bit of that. And I also think that, you know, they'll, they'll theoretically will bring in a little bit of new blood. And anytime you get guys like that and also some of the new faces now who haven't been a part of one of their cup winning teams, there's going to be a lot of urgency there. There are not a lot of guys on that team that can say they've been around for, you know, both cup runs anymore. As crazy as that sounds, but, um, you know, there's a lot of motivation the Penguins will have next season. Jason, is Jim Rutherford going to have to be forced into moving Phil Kessel because of the disagreements between Kessel and the head coach? No, 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 no. Playing enough for you? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, you're, you're leaving some things up for interpretation there. Oh, boy. No, no. I mean, it, Rutherford is a weird animal, man, and I can tell you this, that nobody's going to tell him what to do. No coach, no player. I mean, he's going to do the best thing because he wants to win, uh, but I don't think we're in a situation where this is like debilitating in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think I've, I've told you this before, but I mean, Jim and I got a pretty good laugh about the whole like disagreement in sports things anyway. Um, and he, he loves to razz me about like playing college baseball or playing sports or whatever. And, and so we were just talking about that, like how common it is for you to disagree with a coach. And I'm not saying there wasn't an agree, a disagreement or there wasn't, you know, different opinions with Castle and Sullivan. I mean, Phil wanted to play with Geno, Sullivan wanted them on separate lines. Sullivan wanted more out of Phil. Phil, you know, was kind of dozy going around or whatever. Um, but it happens, and I, I don't think there's going to be a problem in the world if, if Rutherford doesn't trade Kessel, which he would only do to better the team. If they go back to training camp and Kessel's still around, there's no issue. These guys will put it behind them. They'll be fine. I've asked you all of these questions probably within the last month, but the closer and closer we get to the draft, the more I feel like I'm going to need to ask them because things change from time to time and information changes the closer we get to uh, you know, ground zero. So do you think that now Tristan Jari is a legitimate trade option for the Penguins? I do, Adam. I, I do. because One of the reasons I'm, I'm, I keep bringing up Hunwick and Cherry and, and these deals that they would need to make to send dollars out to bring dollars in, and, I mean, these aren't terribly enticing deals. You know, Matt Hunwick is not coming off a great year. Connor Sherry, you know, had a 20-goal season, barely. Um, what, 4-44 and 44 was one of the stretches he had, didn't do anything in the playoffs, had some limitations. I mean, these are guys that they certainly have their shortcomings. And so to make this stuff happen, you're going to have to give the opposing team something they might want. And Jari is that to me. I mean, he is a legitimate future number one. Um, I don't see him as a backup whatsoever so if they would move jari in order to kind of sweeten the pot with the hunwick thing or a sherry thing or even haggling um i wouldn't be surprised in the least and i think there's a pretty good market for tristan jari should the penguins decide to do it this is putting you out there on an island but you are very good at what you do i live on an island my friend yeah all right let's get it then give me a name give me one guy you think is a possible target how about that one guy um can you be a little bit more specific not via via trade be a trade. Oh, man. It's a lot harder than free agency, although I just don't see that happening. I keep going back to Michael Grabner as the guy I want to see in free agency, but I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what the market is for him. I know the Penguins love him. They'd love to add him. 
Um, but you're also putting me on the spot with a trade, and I can't go free agency. If it was free agent, I'd probably say like a John Moore, Calvin DeHaan type, yeah. uh, you know, number five, number six. I guess I'll go off the board, and uh, JVR is one that I could Whoa. see potentially fitting in the top nine wing role. Um, it, I, I don't know if it really addresses – it might create more problems than it solves, but um, – but look good in the Penguins uniform. Would give them some stuff that they could use. I just, again, I don't know if that's affordable. I don't know if it's reasonable um, or whatever. So, I, yeah. Well, it's a game. So where, it's a game we're all playing right now. It just it, no, I don't, and I don't blame you. I yeah. don't blame you. That's fun. Jason, Josh, James, Kevin, appreciate you taking the time today, buddy. You got it, Bill. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Yeah, be careful out there. You're going to Dallas, huh, I assume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heading out tomorrow, man. Heading out tomorrow. Have some barbecue in me within hours. Driving? Uh, <laughs> driving. <laughs> Flying, my friend. Staying downtown. There's a nice little media gathering tomorrow night. Dallas is a good road city. I'm looking forward to it. First class? Yeah. Do I fly any other way? Yeah, the pilot. <laughs> Be safe, buddy. Have fun. Thanks for the time. All right. Take care. There he goes. Jason Maggie, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He's not driving. He's flying first class. Probably with Jim Rutherford. As always. Yeah, I mean, what is he going to do? It's Jason Mackey. I mean, Mackey's the best. I feel bad. I do that all the time to anybody. Like, we had Yoey on here. So give me one name. Give me a guy. Hey, give me a guy right now. Right on the spot. Right, right on the spot. Who are we getting? <laughs> Season starts this year. Who's in the Penguins starting lineup now? And it sucks because it comes only, what, seven questions after I said it's got to be pretty tough for you being pulled in so many different directions. It's not like the Penguins have one specific hole that they need to fill. In fact, I don't know how many holes they really have. Like, anything they're doing is to upgrade. But I don't hate any of their six defensemen. Jamie Alexiak's a guy that I think could play his way into the top four eventually. Chad Ruedel's a sixth guy. Fine, but he's not atrocious. Chris Letang needs to be better, but he's going to be on the team. So you don't need to improve from that. And you look at the possible fourth line of Riley Sheehan... Zach Aston Reese and Brian Rust, and if that's your fourth line, you're probably feeling pretty good about the rest of your lineup there, too. So anything the Penguins do, it's not because they had to do, it's because they wanted to do it. And that is absolutely the position you want to be in whenever you're building a franchise. Like, when I first started covering the Steelers, they were coming off of an 8-8 eight and eight season. And the question was, holy crap, who are they going to find to fill up the roster? And the last training camp I went to was last year, and it was, oh boy, they're going to be cutting some really good players. The Penguins are in that phase right now. Who are they going to add? But if they don't add anybody, they're still going to be Stanley Cup contenders. Coming up next, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Stephen Brault saying the national anthem. Can Tom and I outdo him? How about Harry Carey? Also, it's 43 years since Jaws came out. Are you afraid to get in the water? Scrally Show. Just got this question from John. Would you see the Penguins taking a chance on Marion Gabrick? He had season-ending back surgery. Would you take a risk? Man, I've loved Marion Gabrick for a while. I used to play with him all the time in NHL. I always added him on the Penguins. Yes, I realize that that's not the question you're asking here. But I've loved him forever. I mean, big, big, big man crush on that guy. What's up, Tom? How did he do after you added him to the Penguins in NHL? 
He was amazing. Did the Penguins do well? Oh, yeah, 50 goals. Win the cup? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, then I guess it's a slam dunk, right? Gabrick last year played 46 games at 21 points. Year before that, 56 games and 21 points. Year before that, 54 games and 22 points. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that one. Last time he was healthy was 2014-2015, scored 27 goals at 47 points in 69 games. If that guy was coming in, yeah. But he's 36 years old now. It's long past the time that Marion Gabrick's going to make an impact in this league, and it's just not going to happen for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it pains me to say, we used to play with that son of a bitch all the time in NHL. My boy Dan and I. Oh, my God. We signed him out of Minnesota. Like Even before he went to the Rangers and before he went to Los Angeles, we took a flyer on that guy because he could fly. Hey, great skater. The Penguins need that. So I want to see them bring in Michael Grabner. Yesterday, Stephen Brolt sang the national anthem for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Going to hear from Matt Williamson coming up, by the way, in 10 minutes here on the show to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and where they're going to fit in the hierarchy of the AFC this year. But before we get to that, let's hear Stephen Brault's national anthem. Then Tom and I are each going to put our own rendition out there, and you're going to tell us which one's the best. Oh, say can you see this is by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight the ramparts Steven, watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air yea proved through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave all right it's average it's fine that's really good for a Major League Baseball player, but for a American Idol winner, that would be terrible. With that being said, I would like to give my crack at the Star-Spangled Banner. Tom, you'll go after me. I've made an executive decision. I will go, and I will kick ass. Let's do this. Can start it over. Comes on you fast. There, yeah, right? it, really, get, it really sneaks up on you there. Here you it know? comes. Three, two... Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so... Now, see, I don't have the music lined up with me. That's a problem. You have to line yourself up to the music. That's hard. I know. All right, so Brault did a lot better than I did. Let's see. Let's hear yours, then I'll go. Let's see how you could do it. Let's see how you line up with the music, Tom. Good. Right, <clears throat> don't go over-modulated, though. Back up away from the microphone a little bit. Yeah, just back up a little bit. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed 
At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight Over the ramparts we watch It was so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare The bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night <laughs> That our flag was still there Oh, does that star-spangled banner yet wave For the land of the free And the home, the home of all right, a little uh, typo there in the middle, but you were good. That was a lot better I than I did. Than Brawls, to be honest. I don't know. Let's see how I can do now. I'm ready. I'm ready Are to go. Ready to I can it? match this shiz Got up. It? I'm ready to rock. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed. At the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in Gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brain. All that makes me want to do is watch the United States soccer team mop the floor with Iran. Flash flood warning. For the following county, Fayette, Pennsylvania, the National Weather Service in Pittsburgh has issued a flash flood warning for Central Fayette County in southwestern Pennsylvania until 9 p.m. At 4.53 p.m., radar indicated heavy rain in the warned area. Flash flooding expected. Estimated rainfall up to 1 inch. Additional rainfall up to 2.5 inches. Some locations that may experience flooding include Uniontown, Massentown, Farmington, Fairtons, Isabella, Republic, New Salem, Chowkill, Ohio Pile. Quickly and move to higher ground when water begins rising. Please report flooding by calling 412-262-1988, posting to the National Weather Service Pittsburgh Facebook page, or using Twitter at NWS Pittsburgh. Faces right in the oh, damn pitch. Oh, we'd kick oh, him right I in the face. So oh, we'd smack him on top of the head and make him bleed tears of USA, blood. USA, 
USA! America! Coming up next, we've got Matt Williamson of WilliamsonFootball.com and the Steelers Radio Network to talk about the AFC and where the Steelers fit. Also going to ask him if only one Steelers defensive player could have a great year this year, which one would he want it to be? It's Crowley Show. <laughs> 